This is the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. towards the halfway line Songo on the right hand side chips it that might turn into a delicious ball on the edge of the area you know for Michael Mellon tries to get to the byline gets a dink cross who's there at the back post the Eli King was lurking it's going to fall very nicely for Tom Bloxham who should break the net and he's blazed it over the bar that was a golden opportunity for the Shrimps to open the scoring in the eighth minute fell nicely for Bloxham 10 yards out and he skies it over the crossbar Lewis Reed right hand side Johnson Skips round Adam there, gets the cross in as well. Lucas Aitken should nod that home for 1 0 Mansfield at the back post, and he's put it wide, and that is a real lateral for the Shrimps. Callum Johnson was in down the right hand side, showed Adam there a clean pair of heels. It was a great ball into the back post, and number seven for Mansfield, Lucas Aitken's unmarked, and he's nodded it wide. Quinn, halfway line, left hand side. Press the ball through to Reese Oates. Flag stays down. Reese Oates is in the box and that forces a save at the near post. Good strong wrist that time from Stuart Moore. Left footed drive from the former Shrimps man Oates. And Stuart Moore turns it behind for a corner. And here come Nigel Clough's men again. Centre of the field is Reed trying to get it out. And here's Aikens on the edge of the box. Got room for a left footed effort. Mike Tappany, second time of Askin, puts it into the side netting. Lucas Aikens with a gilt edge opportunity to give Mansfield Town the lead. And just like he put that header wide earlier on in the first half, he fluffs his lines once again. Just got a yard on Jacob Badeau inside the area. Left-footed effort first time, saved low down by Stuart Moore. Right-footed rebound is into the side netting. Another let-off for the Shrimps. Uh, here comes Davis Keeler Dunny was twisting and turning Donald Love inside and out. And Donald Love is going to get a yellow card for his trouble there which was probably the, the right decision and right on the stroke of half-time. Mansfield have a free kick in a very, very dangerous position. This is the last action of the first half, 10 yards or so from the byline. Just outside the left-hand side of the penalty area, chipped in by Quinn and it's going to be headed in at the back post by Lucas Aikens. And that is an absolute disaster for the Shrimps, right on the stroke of half-time. It was a silly, unnecessary free-kick given away by Donald Love on the edge of the area. It was a cute little dink left-footer from Stephen Quinn. Flipped on in the near post inside the six-yard box. And Lucas Aitkins, who probably should have scored at least once in this first half with a couple of very presentable opportunities, was down. He couldn't really miss. Nodded it home from three yards out. And in stoppage time, it's Mansfield Town 1, Morecambe nil. But here comes Mansfield on the edge of the area. Room for a shot, and he just rolls it past Stuart Moore to double the Stags' advantage. Davis Keeler done with it. Scored when he played for Burton Albion against the Shrimps last season. And he scores again this afternoon. And you have to say it was all too easy. We were carved open through the middle of the park. And Davis Keeler done just strode forward towards the edge of the penalty area. Sat Stuart Moore down and just rolls it past him with the inside of his right foot. 
And it's Mansfield Town 2, Morecambe 0, and mounted to climb for the Shrimps in the second half. And we just backed off him, we backed off him and backed off him. And it was just an easy finish. He just he didn't even have to shoot really at the end. Just rolls the ball past Stuart Moore from about 15 yards out. Into the net it goes. And on 62 minutes, the Stags double their advantage. It's clearly done left-hand side into the chest of Lucas Aikins. Badeau a little bit sloppy. He's dispossessed. Mansfield on the edge of the box. Lewis squares it. Reese Oates, great save, low down to his left-hand side by Stuart Moore. That was destined for the bottom corner, and that would have been game over at 65 minutes. Their former Morecambe man twisting and turning inside the shrimp's box. Low drive, left-footed, great stop by Stuart Moore. Kicks long, flicks off the head of Badeau. Reese Oates might, Oates might fancy this. Trip inside the penalty area by Jacob Badeau. Reese Oates goes to ground, and the former shrimp's forward wins Mansfield. Their penalty inside the last five minutes here at the one call stadium and I don't think there can be too much argument about it either and it's going to be the scorer of the first goal this afternoon Lucas Aitkins with it Aitkins sends Stuart Moore the wrong way passes it into the right hand corner to well and truly seal the points for Nigel Clough Stags this afternoon Badeau trips Reese Oates and Lucas Aitkins does the rest from the spot in the 87th minute it's Mansfield 3, Morecambe nil. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Hartingham being urged to shoot. Goes sideways, but that is that as referee Scott Simpson puts the whistle to his lips and Morecambe's opening away day in League 2. Frankly, an afternoon to forget. Started off relatively brightly. Tom Bloxham volleyed over in the eighth minute should have tested the keeper at least and that was the closest that Morecambe came all afternoon after that it was all Mansfield Town they dominated possession territory touches in the opposition box every single attacking stat that you can possibly think of Mansfield all over Morecambe they had chance after chance after chance Lucas Aitkins heading wide in the 14th minute Reese Oates stinging the palms of Stuart Moore Midways through the half, couple of other decent efforts as well. It looked as if it would be goalless going into half time though, but a cheap free kick conceded right in the end of the half in stoppage time over on the Morecambe right hand side by Donald Love. And a cute free kick from Stephen Quinn was nodded in, unmarked. I think Jacob Badeau lost his man at the back post, and it was Aikins who atoned for his earlier misses who nodded home for the opening goal of the afternoon in first half stoppage time. Second half for the Shrimps, frankly, didn't get much better. Morecambe still dominating, uh, still, uh, Mansfield still dominating everything that mattered in terms of the stats. They made it 2-0 on 62 minutes, and it was so easy for Davis Keeler done. He just picked the ball up midway inside the Morecambe half and was just allowed the freedom of the one-call stadium, ran into the Morecambe penalty area, and just easy as you like, slid it past Stuart Moore for 2-0. Morecambe offered precious little in attack. Christy Pym in the Mansfield goal can take his goalkeeper shirt off and hang it up and use it again next week. That's how little the stack stopper had to do. Morecambe's misery compounded five minutes from time. A cheap penalty given away by a trip courtesy of Jacob Badeau on former Morecambe forward Reese Oates. 
and it was Lucas Aitkins who stepped up for his second goal of the afternoon to send more the wrong way and he slipped it into the right-hand corner to compound Derek Andon's men's misery this Saturday afternoon. Very little positives to take from that game after all of the goodwill and how well we battled and fought to get that 2-1 victory against the Walsall last weekend. That just seemed to have just evaporated this afternoon. I think we've been given a bit of a lesson today about how tough League 2 is going to be, certainly on the road. Mansfield, a very well-drilled side under the managerial ship of Nigel Clough and they were full value for their three-goal victory here this afternoon. Some thinking to do for Derek Adams, I think it's fair to say, going into that double-header at home. Bradford City next Saturday, and then before that, Tuesday night, 7.45 kickoff at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium as Morecambe welcome Notts County, who have come from behind to beat Grimsby Town at Meadow Lane this afternoon. Well, Derek, a 3-0 defeat at Mansfield today, your first defeat of the season. Uh, just your thoughts overall? Yeah, I thought it was difficult for us this afternoon. We came up uh, against a very good side uh, in Mansfield. Um, they're vastly experienced, we know that. They've been going a few years to get themselves out of this division and uh, you could see that by their play. Um, I thought we dealt well uh, with the threats of Oates and Atkins to start with uh, and then you know, the ones on the outside of the diamond as well. Uh, we nullified them. They had a bit of the ball but um, you know, then we had our two up front that we couldn't get the ball to uh, that became difficult for us but uh, in the end um, they deserve to win the match there's, there's no doubt about it because uh, the quality that they have How actually changed things about a bit you had Jan Songer there and three central defenders at one time and the wing backs was that to compensate for something that you'd seen from them earlier on? Well, we had to deal with the likes of Oates and Atkins uh, and once we changed it in the second half it became a problem to us as well because the gap became too big and they got you know good opportunities from it but uh, we dealt well with that um, in stages in the game the two up front it was difficult for them they came up against two experienced uh, defenders we didn't get the ball uh, enough to them today uh, but in the end um, the goals that we conceded we conceded one right on half time you know we make a foul and then um, we lose our man in the box from the, the cross. Uh, we give away a penalty, last stages of the game, and we give the ball away just inside their own half, and, and they score. So, um, all in all, did they have loads of chances? The answer is no. Did we? No. Did they deserve to win the game? Yes, they did. A killer time for them to score, wasn't it, as well? Just one minute of, of added time for the first half, which was, after last week was a surprise, but then to score in that one minute was, was hard. Yeah, I mean, it would have been perfect for us going in at 0-0, uh, because... We had been a threat on the counter-attack. I thought the official didn't help us a number of times when we were in uh, on goal. We had fouls that weren't given, uh, and that sometimes happens. But then, you know, we get a killer one just on half-time, and uh, that sets us back. Looking now to midweek, Notts County. Much for you to think about, or anything that you think you're going to change? Yeah, I need, I need to sit down and, you know, look at the game again. I need to look at uh, ourselves, look at... Uh, to, Notts County, there was a few players that uh, you know struggled today. Uh, there's no doubt legs-wise. Uh, I thought when you've got a young squad, it's sometimes difficult. Uh, you can see the experience that they've got throughout their team. And, uh, you know, we just looked like we became um, a wee bit leggy in the end. I was going to say that the youngsters really shone the first two games, but the experience Mansfield had today, you know, long-established team, 
it takes a while to build up, doesn't it? And that's the difficult thing you've got to face. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously had six players at the start of uh, the end of last season. We've had to build a new squad. Mansfield have been building this squad since Nigel Clough came in three and a bit, four years ago. So um, they've had a lot of time to do it. Uh, and uh, you know a lot of money has been spent to get here and uh, yes I'm jealous of them I, I, I tell them that there's no doubt about it but uh, you know from my point of view our younger players have tried ever so hard uh, and experienced ones today but we've just come up short and that sometimes happens. You lay a 3-0 defeat to Mansfield today after such a promising start to the season it was a bit of a dose of reality was it for you? Yeah disappointing today uh, three sloppy goals um, first half was tough but we were in the game obviously we can see the one goal just before half time um, and yeah competitive second half but again two sloppy goals so disappointing What's the difference between Mansfield today the football they produced and what you've seen so far in League 2 and the Cup? Um, they like to play a lot more um, they had the players that um, could keep the ball and, and dictate play uh, which we've probably not come up against yet um, so that was something we had to adapt to and obviously we struggled at times with that so yeah you had an early chance, but they took the lead. They had a good, they had a good couple of chances before they scored. But when they did score, it was right on the stroke of half time. A terrible time to give a goal away, isn't it? Yeah, obviously it's not ideal, um, especially when you work as hard as we did. Like I said, we give away some chances, but we also worked super, super hard to to keep it a nil-nil at the time. Um, like I said, we had that chance as well that we could have taken. But yeah, it's just disappointing to concede at such a awkward time. The games, well, they come thick and fast. Tuesday night, Notts County at home, and another tough test, I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be a tough test, but it's, it's good that we have a game so soon. Um, hopefully we can put things right and, and get yeah, get back another win on the board. How are you enjoying life at Morecambe? You only just joined on the eve of the season, but uh, you, you've been in the team for the first three games. Has it gone, gone as well as you thought or hoped? Yeah, it's, be, it's been really good. I've settled in quickly. It's a really good group of boys. Um, and the games have been tough, challenging and um, exactly what I need. Um, I feel like we're a good team and uh, we, we are building into something, definitely. You and JJ McKinnon seem to have a pretty decent understanding already. Yeah, um, similar age, similar type of players. He's been playing a little bit higher up, but um, yeah, so far working well off each other. I'm really enjoying playing with him. Now, it's a young side, but you'll gain experience. And Is that the reason behind the move to Morecambe for you as an individual, to get that experience at this level? Yeah, of course. I want to play first-team football. I want to play week in, week out every game. Um, And... I thought coming here was a much better opportunity for me to do that than, than staying at my parent club. Um, but, but more than that, it's to be in a competitive team and try and win games and work towards something. That's the main thing, really. We always talk about the difference between academy football and first-team football. How have you found the difference so far? Um, obviously, it's much more physical. You're playing against men rather than, than kids. Um, it's quicker. Mistakes get pounced upon much more you know, ruthlessly. Um, that's the main thing really you get punished for any for any mistake was obviously in younger football you, you might get that chance you might get away with certain things and, and you can't you've got to be you've got to be bang on it every every second of every game Do you feel that already you're seeing that in your game making any difference making a difference to you? Yeah definitely I'm lucky I had a bit of a taste of it last year and the year before with Cardiff so I know what it's about it's obviously just about getting those repetitions to me now and, and keeping at it and um, keep getting those games under my belt so that I do those things more regularly more often I guess the big message now is not to be too downhearted and prepare for Tuesday. Yeah, we've got, got to take what we did well, obviously learn from the things that we could have done better, the goals, other things. And um, yeah, we've got a game Tuesday, so no time to sell or whinge or moan. 
Thanks so much for downloading episode 119 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. This is Dave Salmon. Uh, thanks for your company on Shrimps Live as well. Of course, uh, we are back uh, this coming Tuesday night, the first of a home double header this week. Saturday, it's Bradford City, uh, but this coming Tuesday, it's Notts County, recently promoted uh, via the playoffs from the National League, of course, back into League Two after four seasons away. And it's going to be the return to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium on Tuesday for former Shrimps midfield. Dan Crowley looking forward to the game if you're not heading down full match commentary on our FM and DAB services on Beyond Radio 103.5 and 107.5 FM and also on DAB Plus across North Lancashire and South Cumbria and of course you can listen and watch being a midweek game uh, via iFollow Shrimps uh, via the MorecambeFC.com website however you're going to be enjoying the action we will look forward to your company then ahead of the game I've been talking to Tom Wagstaff Tom is uh, the brains behind Notts County Talk. It's a uh, social media, it's a YouTube fans Notts County channel and uh, he's been telling me the lowdown on all things Magpies. A good chat this with Tom ahead of uh, their trip to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium this coming Tuesday. I'll speak to you on Tuesday from 740 so, Tom, thanks so much for jumping on our podcast. Really appreciate your time. Uh, before we get going, uh, tell us everything we need to know about Notts County Talk. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. So we are um, primarily a YouTube channel. We have a Thursday night podcast called The Pavis Perspective. We sit in the Derek Pavis stand. It's obviously, we get the perspective and, and relay on a Thursday night. We also have episodes every Saturday or Tuesday, depending on if we have a, a home or away game called It's All Black and White, where it's sort of a match day vlog. Um, they're available on YouTube and, and Spotify. And I, I like the I, I watched the, the Pavis uh, yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Friday morning, by the way. And uh, it's a proper fans um, insight, isn't it? You're not corporate. You're nothing like that. You tell it like it is, good and good and bad, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Try and get as much um, as much interaction from from the live chat as possible. Try and take as many questions. Always get an opposition fan on. We had a Grimsby fan on last night from from another podcast, and just get talking about the season. Um, yeah, and just say like you say exactly how it is. Let's uh, cut straight to how it's gone early in your return to the football league then, Tom. And, and it's fair to say, I know there were other mitigating factors which we'll go into in a set, but uh, your return to the football league didn't quite go to plan last weekend. Yeah, I think um, I left the game pretty shell-shocked. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of pressure on Notts and Rex in this season purely because... And I'm mentioning this in the same bracket as well, even though I don't really like to, but purely because that title race was so good in the National League and we finished so far above everyone else, it makes it look as though we were far too good for that league. But in reality, the National League is is a massive split. You've got some huge teams and then you've got some teams in there that are still part-time and, and you just go and, and as, as derogatory as it sounds, you just go and you pop down to their place, pick up three points and leave and it's not really a problem. You go and spend about 50% of your energy and you win 3-0. And it, it's literally, it's no issue. This league's very, very different. Um, we found that against Sutton. And the pressure that's on is a lot of people in predictions and, and um, you know, looking forward to the season, put us in top six, top seven. Some put us in top three. Realistically, we turned up against Sutton. A massive side, as physical as I've ever seen a team. More physical than, than Bromley and Bournemouth in the National League. And it absolutely battered us. We weren't, we weren't ready for it. We had nothing to throw at them. Six foot six centre-backs up against Langstaff, who's fantastic. But when they press us so much, we can only go long ball. Um, it's not going to stick with Langstaff. And they, they, they just they did an absolute job on us. 
Is that a case of you just need to adjust to the physicality and the nature of League Two, or or, or was the, the jump from the National League to League Two perhaps a little bit higher than you might have anticipated? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think that there's there's two things for me. We spoke to Grimsby fan on our our Pavis perspective on Thursday night, and he basically said that from from what he's experienced, because they've obviously been in here back in the football league year long, and there's will never never come up against a team as physical as Sutton. They are just that's that's their game plan. That's their style. We'll come up against physical teams, but none as physical as them. So I think that's one of them. In hindsight, we couldn't really have got a worse first game back in the football league away at Sutton. Thunderstorms before kickoff. The pitch was heavy. The ball held up for the the red card. Things like that. But then also, um, we discussed it as well on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that the only teams that really troubled us last season were were Wrexham, Chesterfield, really. And Chesterfield are probably the standard of a League Two side anyway. They just happen to be in the league the same time as not. So when we came up against League Two standard sides, we either lost, scraped to win, or 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 drew. So the teams that caused us trouble were the League Two standard teams. And I think maybe my perspective is that you play teams where you play 50%, 60% of your maximum week in, week out. You're going to get used to playing like that. And I think we just kind of subconsciously thought we'd go to Sutton and maybe get... A one nil, two nil win. It was quite the uh, quite the battle last season, wasn't it? As a as an outsider watching it, it was quite fascinating. Obviously, all the the Hollywood of Wrexham to, to throw into that mix as well. But uh, I suppose as a fan and being right in the cutting edge of it, it, it was quite something to be part of. Yeah, definitely. We got like a, a twenty three game, twenty four game unbeaten run, which was the the best in our history. And because because we were in that league with Wrexham and all the the fanfare they get, I think it took about 18 games before we got a mention on any social media platform apart from Notts fans. Do you think we've just gone 18 games unbeaten here? We've beaten Wrexham as well this season, but no one's mentioning that. <clears throat> but then, you know, as the league started to get there, and you're in March and you're looking at 80, 90 points in March, people really started to take notice. And it did become, I think we, when we play Wrexham on, on TV, it got something on social media, the views got more views than the Europa League final for the clips. And you think to yourself, National League, and this is how many views you're getting. It, it, it was amazing. And looking back on it, I'd rather have gone up the way we did in the playoffs because the two playoff games were, were incredible. They were, they were. The final especially was brilliant to watch on TV. It would have been the, the, the most heartbreak of heartbreaks, wouldn't it, if you hadn't have gone up, given how many points you had. It was, it was almost, to me, incomprehensible that you could rack up that number of points and possibly still not get promoted. It, it was that kind of season, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it will, oh, it would have been gutting. I mean, Notts have this thing around the fan base where we call ourselves the almost club. Um, the year before we got relegated to the to the National League, we lost in the playoffs. We then got relegated the year after. The year after, we then lost the playoff final. The year after, we lost the playoff semi-final. And the year after, we lost the playoff eliminators. So we call ourselves the almost club. And we were stood in, uh, in the stand at Wembley looking at each other with like five minutes to go before Bostock scored, saying it's going to happen again. And I think the, the big thing this time would have been the squad would have been ripped apart. We'd have lost Macaulay Langstaff. We'd have lost John Bostock. We'd have lost um, Ruben Rodriguez, who's gone anyway. But we would have had to pretty much restart. And I think Chesterfield would have been out of the league. But there's some strong teams in the National League again. And it would have been difficult to get out. Let's look at some of your players then, Tom, if we may. We've, we have to start with Macaulay Langstaff, of course, tearing it up last season in the National League. He's never played Football League before this season, no. Can he make the jump? I think he can. I mean, I only got to see 15 minutes of Macaulay Langstaff before he went down to 10 men. So it's really hard to, to get 
anything from that. And then he's a bit of a pressing, pressing machine, but even with 10 men, you sort of tire. And there's no other time rule. You, you, you go down with 75 minutes to go to 10 men, you're probably going to play for 95 with this other time. But he got the assist for the goal. We ran in behind their, their defender, knocked him off the ball. It was, it was good from what I've seen. Didn't feature against Lincoln in the cup, which is sensible. But I think 42 goals, I, I find it very difficult to believe he wouldn't make the step up. And again, we've discussed on the podcast, I think if he scores 18, 19, 20 this season, it's a very good season, stepping up from the National League. And uh, with the experience of David McGoldrick in the squad as well, that, that that can only be a good thing. Looking at those two as a as a as a well a strike duo, I suppose if you want to call it that. I know you don't quite play that way, but that that on paper at least that that could be quite something. Yeah, they linked up for the for the goal against Sutton, albeit were four down at the time, but they they linked up fairly well throughout the game. Um, again, I only saw fifteen minutes of those two as a pairing with eleven men on the pitch, so it's hard to sort of make. Any um, anything from that but we do have Grimsby this weekend and we've been down to 10 men in both games so as long as I don't go down to 10 men again um, I think we'll see we'll see the best of them at Medal Lane it's going to be packed Grimsby bringing three odd thousand fans so yeah I think those two in this league once once they start to click it'll be it'll be fantastic and we, we've got nightmares about Ditchie because he scored a hat-trick against us so, and he's playing for Derby last season so hopefully we can keep him uh, a bit more quiet on, on, on Tuesday night. One of our uh, better players uh, last season for us uh, who's uh, been picked up by himself, Dan Crowley. He's split opinion with uh, Shrimps fans. Some really loved him. He's got undoubted quality. I would argue he's probably championship quality on his day. Uh, others thought he was a little bit of a prima donna, a bit of a showboater at times. You've not seen too much of him yet, obviously, in the first couple of games. But uh, what do you think of that as a pickup for you in, in the squad? On paper, it looks good. And he's, he's obviously a replacement for Ruben Rodriguez. The, the first thing that I've noticed with him, he doesn't have the physicality of Rodriguez. And maybe that's affecting us a little bit. Rodriguez, very stocky, tracked back all the way, wins tackles. Um Crowley I've seen a little bit of. He played 60 minutes against Lincoln and then was the first player bought off. Uh, for me, he was playing, he was, he was our best player on, on Tuesday night. That tells me that Luke Williams is thinking he's going to put him straight in for Saturday if he's only even in that 60 minutes running the legs. I would like to see him start. I think he's going to be a good signer from what I've seen. I've only seen, if you combine pre-season friendlies and, and the opening game this season, I've probably only seen him for about, I don't know, 120 minutes max. So I, I like the look of what I see so far. He's definitely going to be a big player for you this season. So I would, I would predict that he will, uh, he will win over more fans than he doesn't. Uh, he, he has a, how can I describe this? Some fans think that he holds onto the ball for a bit too long on occasions, but I would argue that that's because there's no pass available. So he has to check back and, and, and wait and see. And he's almost as if he's playing a second or two ahead of the game almost. And he wants to play the pass, but it's not there. And, and, and that can frustrate, I suppose, sometimes. But I think I think you're going to have a good player on your hands there. Yeah, hopefully he links up with McGoldrick as well. Those two playing behind Langstaff. I mean, we've lost Ruben Rodriguez, but it is an upgrade. I think, like you're saying, he holds onto the ball um, maybe too long. I don't think he'll have that problem in this system because we've got the wing-backs that bomb forward. And I've seen him for 10 minutes against Stoke in pre-season and he played a, a pass between the, the full-back and the centre-back and he had set Aaron the man away. And I thought to myself, yeah, this guy can can, can play a pass. So I don't think he'll have that issue. Um, we just need to get attacking, uh, firing on the attacking front this season, which we haven't quite done yet. 
So tell me everything you need to know, Tom, about uh, a, a Notts County team for this season, formations, other players to watch. What, what, what do we need to know? So it will be a five at the back, um, three centre-backs. We play out from the back a lot. That's where we've been caught out in the first two games, albeit one of them was against a very good league one side. But we play out from the back. We, we keep that possession. With 10 men in both games, we've had... Um, more than 60% possession, I think, in both games. We finished the Lincoln game with 70% possession. I know it's not all about possession, but that gives you an idea of what we're going to do. We're going to try and keep the ball. Um, we play very much with the wing-backs, especially on the right-hand side. Aaron Man is, is lightning quick. Um, you, you might get 70, 80 minutes out of him, and then we'll drop on Toby Adebayo, and he's, he's even quicker than him, and we'll just keep bombarding you down that side. Um in the midfield, we've got John Bostock. I'm sure everyone knows John Bostock. Very good player. Shouldn't have been in the National League last year. Um, it, it was it was pretty easy for him. He scored the free kick to level it at Wembley. But then other players to watch out for, I'd say Jody Jones. I'm not sure if you're aware of him. Used to be at Oxford. Got a couple of really bad injuries. Um, he was at Coventry as well. And then he's come down and he's played pretty much uh, since Christmas for us. Um, and he's been on international duty with Malta. And if he's getting his fitness back, I think he'll be a massive player for us. Um, and then Aaron Amani, who I've already mentioned a couple of times on the right-hand side. So those two, who I expect to start a wing-back, will be the players I'd watch out for. Interesting you say that uh, that you play three at the back, because I think we are settled on a back four. We have got the personnel to, to, to change it up a bit, but uh, with the caveat that we're speaking before our respective games on, on the Saturday, uh, the, the two games we've seen so far, I, th- I think it could be a back four against the back three, but uh, Derek might change it up, you never know. But uh, looking forward to the game on, on Tuesday, Tom, how, how, how do you see it panning out? Um, I looked at, When I looked at the fixtures initially, I was thinking fairly... Favourable start to the season. We've got a home game. We've got um, the away at Sutton, which I got sucked into the idea that we're back in the Football League. We'll probably get a result. And then I looked at Morecambe and I, and I saw quite a few people predicting um, not not the best uh, season for you, to be honest. But I think you got the opening day win. And I think Tuesday night, and I think the form win, and I think it's going to be very tough. Um, I think I think 1-1. I think I think it's going to be another tight game. Uh, absolutely, um, it, it was tight against Walsall last Saturday. No idea how it's going to pan out against Mansfield t- t- tomorrow, but uh, they are going to be a, a tough opposition, that's for sure. But uh, I think our home form is going to be key this season. But in the first two games for us, we, we've already started to see positive signs. The players we've brought into the squad have all been players who we've had to buy, getting on a on a very very tight budget indeed. So we're going to have to maximise uh, the pennies we've got and, and actually get the, the actual absolute most out of every player in the squad so uh, I'm looking forward to the game I think it should be decent and hopefully a decent away contingent as well I know it's, it's kind of a, a middling away trip isn't it and always difficult on a Tuesday night of course but uh, hopefully a, a decent away following at the Mazuma Yeah hopefully it should be I'll be there um, I know there's a few of us driving up um, but yeah I think we, we've travelled pretty well this season we took 1,200 to Sutton and I think that not the novelty but being back in the Football League after four years people want to go to these these away days and you know as much as possible get to as many games so yeah it should be a good away following just before you go tom let's uh, let's talk if we may uh, about the the new rules that have come in this season now i'm sure it was the same uh, for you last weekend uh, in our opening league game of the season we had 21 minutes almost of stoppage time across the two halves and that can't continue can it surely 
No, definitely not. I mean, we had we we, we had a lengthy amount, amount of time in the first half. Second half, we're 5-1 down. And I'm thinking the game is literally being that Sutton weren't really going for any more goals. We weren't. And they put 10 minutes up. And I'm thinking to myself, like, end this because this is this is painful. And then he ends up playing 13 anyway because there's stoppages inside that. So what, have you got 45, 13, it's 57 minutes plus another 45. And I think there was at least eight minutes out of time in the first half. It is it's way too much. I've seen a couple of players on social media from, from up in the Premier League um, tweeting that it's just ridiculous because the amount of games we have to play. What have we got? Carabao Cup, EFL Trophy. You're going to end up playing hours and hours a week if you've got Tuesday night Saturday games. So for me, um, I don't know what you think, but for me, it's, it's too much. I think the argument was that that if the players don't waste the time and get on with it, then the, the the stoppage time doesn't elapse. But it didn't seem to be that way. There didn't seem to be any time wasted on Saturday. In fact, it was both teams seemed to be getting on with it. So when the amount of stoppage time comes up, that's you think, well, where the heck have, has that come from? I know it's a new directive. Hopefully, it'll settle down because uh, we're going to end up with 120 minute games as a standard, aren't we? And that's uh, that's going to be a bit a bit too much if you need to get the train home. Yeah. Um, well, last season, we, we what, what sort of happened is teams would come to Medellin and they would sit back and they would time waste. And you play some teams that had no intention of trying to win the game and they would just waste so long. But we still came out of the games with the wins. I don't think it's as much a, a deal as, as people make out. I mean, you've, st- you, you've still got a, a plen- plenty of time, plenty of time to win games. I, I do get what people are saying and time wasting is frustrating when you're the losing team. But things go both ways in football. So I think, you know, adding 10 minutes on to the end of a game, especially at the start of the season, it's not happened yet. But if we get a, we get a game where it's 25, 26, 27 degrees, like it is today in Nottingham, and players aren't going to want to play, like, say, 120 minutes at night. It's just not, it's not feasible for the whole season. And uh, there were 12 bookings in our game against Warsaw last Saturday. Uh, one of the bookings was uh, the ball went out for a throw. It bounced up off the advertising board into our players' hands. He took the throw in as quick as he possibly could. And he got booked because he didn't use the ball that was on the cone uh, on the side of the pitch. That that that's needs a tweak as well, doesn't it? Because uh, there the, the seemed to be yellow cards like confetti last weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've obviously had that red card, but... Yeah, there were some very strange decisions that I didn't understand. So these refs are going to have to learn all these new rules. We had Aaron Deman, who was um, Armani, Armani Patrick, I think it was, for Sutton, pushed him into advertising boardings. Um, Neman got up, no treatment needed. Um, no one had to come on from our from our uh, uh, medical team to sort him out. The ref asked Aaron Neman to leave the pitch um, and stay on the sidelines for some reason. We were shouting for the ref to bring him back on. The ball had gone out of play another two or three times. The ref brought him on a minute later. Um I don't understand that rule. Someone shouted down to me, they have to stay off for a minimum amount of time now. I'm not sure, but all these new rules coming in, leave it as it is, I think. I would definitely leave it as it is because it's it's uh, it's confusing, it's ridiculous. Hopefully it's going to settle down, but I suppose it all adds to the to the drama of league football. Well, welcome back to the Football League, Tom, I suppose I need to say that. It's going to be an interesting season. My final question to you is... Where do you, based on very early evidence, of course, but where do you think uh, Notts County are going to finish at the end of the season? What would constitute a good first season back in League Two for you? Well, that's a good question, especially after the first game. If this had happened, I'm going to stick with my prediction that I went with. If this sort of game had happened five, six, seven games in, I'd have changed my prediction. And it's it's a very, 
optimistic prediction. I'm, I'm going to stick with what I said a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to say third. But genuinely, if Notts finished top half, that's still a good season, in my opinion, back in the Football League. But I'm just going to carry it. I'm going to get sucked into the David McGoldrick hype that everyone else has done. And I'm going to say we're going to settle down. And it'll be a little bit like Stockport last season, where they started very, very slowly um, and then built into it. But yeah, I'm going to get drawn into the hype because that's what being a football fan thought about. So I'm going to say third. Absolutely. I, and, and why not? I wouldn't expect you to say anything much different, Tom, to be honest. Thanks very much indeed, mate, for your time. Really appreciate it. Just before you go, give us the sales pitch uh, one more time for Notts County Talk. Yeah, so Notts County Talk. Uh, any Football League fans I haven't seen because we've been in the National League the whole time between the channel. We have Thursday Night Papers Perspective podcast where we talk about um, Notts, but also League Two in general. And then um, after every game, pretty much within a couple of hours after game, we've got a match day vlog. So there will be one after the Morgan game travelling home. Um, and it will give just uh, a football fan's perspective of the day and hopefully uh, a win for Notts. Looking forward to the game, Tom. Thank you so much indeed, my friend. And uh, good luck for the season after Tuesday, of course. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up later on in the campaign when we're both in uh, in something approaching the positions in the table that we want to be in. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.